You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and we have a great case study on if you should keep a property as a rental or potentially sell it. So I'm sitting down with Alon Welsh with Iron and Capital. We're recording this on a Tuesday. This past week, we made a couple of happy hour networking events. And one of the investors there has a four bedroom, three bathroom, single family home in Aurora, and was debating if he should keep his investment or potentially sell it and move the money elsewhere. Sat down with Lon, and in 15 minutes, I think Lon changed his perspective and plan. So Lon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So I'm excited to see you do this analysis because I saw you do this like five or six years ago and it's changed my perspective. I know it's always so eye-opening when investor sits down and says, hey, what should do this rental? Because many people's assumption is to always keep the property. Right. That's often not the best case. We've had a high appreciation like we've seen in the Denver market. Right. So please set this up for what the investor's goal was and then walk us through the analysis. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me today. So everybody's got a different set of goals as an investor. So for some people, they may determine that they need to have X dollars per year in their retirement and their goal is to get a certain number of rental properties that when the mortgages are paid off, it generates that amount of money. And they just wanna pay off the properties and call it a day. Um, so if that's your goal, um, you're, and if you've, you've got the number of properties you need, for a lot of investors, it's between like seven and 10 properties is the right number. 10 is the magic number. That tends to work out. Um, you won't need to listen to the rest of this podcast. You just pay off what you got and you're there. But most people I meet uh, have identified that they'll need like, let's say 10 to make it easy. And they only have three properties right now. And if you're gonna buy a house for 600 grand as a rental property, you need maybe $150,000 down. It's difficult to generate 150,000 of cash flow after tax from your job to buy that next rental. So I'm, I'm often asked like, well, how do I accelerate this process so I can retire a little sooner? Well, to do that, you need to optimize your wealth creation. So what I wanna to talk to you today is a, a real life investor who I talked to on Saturday, and this only took me 15 minutes, so I'm happy to do it with you. We can do it in person, we can do it on a Zoom. Uh, be really great if you could bring your spouse, we'll educate them at the same time, that's what we did with this guy, and really kind of reframe the thinking. So uh, this is the four bedroom house that you talked about in a really great school district of Aurora that he's owned for several years. And the first step is you go to Rentometer or something like Rentometer. So I'm not sponsored by Rentometer. I don't get paid by them or anything like that. It's just a tool I like to use and it's pretty affordable. So you pop in the address um, and then how many bedrooms and baths, and then it'll spit out what the expected rent would be. So in our case, uh, the median rent for this four bedroom is about $29.50 a month. And you can see at the bottom quartile, it's 2600 and change. So if it's a little bit rough, hasn't had any improvements, maybe a little bit less. If on the other hand, you just did a nice renovation, you got you know quartz and stainless steel appliances really sharp, then maybe you're going to get 3300 a month. But if you're not sure what the rent should be, that's a great way to estimate uh, for that. And then I use a spreadsheet uh, right here. This is a CCIM spreadsheet. It's a commercial realtor designation, a certified commercial investment manager. And this is the, the standard template that those commercial pros use. I love it. It's, it's complicated. There's easier ways to do this. I'm going to show you how the way I do it. Um, but you know, you've got other podcasts with Joe Massey showing a simpler version. I'll get you the same place. So this spreadsheet, uh, it's got a lot of numbers on it. It looks really intimidating, but the orange ones are the ones you have to enter. The green numbers are the key results and everything else you can kind of just sort of ignore. So I asked, uh, what do you think the property would sell for? And he said 600,000 bucks. The rest of the stuff will just fill in on its own. 
So the main premise here is that when you renew a tenant, you're buying the property from yourself at the market value that day. So this gentleman bought this house for about 300,000 about five, six years ago. So it's doubled in value. Um, but he can evaluate it on the $300,000 basis because he could sell it for 600 and take all this money and redeploy it. And I want to highlight that because that's a common mistake investors can make. All the time. They look at what they bought it for, look at today's value, today's rent, today's interest rate. Yeah, because this guy, you know, he probably, when he bought it for 300000 he probably put $75,000 down. He's nibbled away at that mortgage. So now maybe he only owes one fifty. Uh, so he's got $450,000 worth of equity. So uh, the rent, uh, $29,25 a month, is just a little bit less than what I had in there. That's what he actually has it rented for right now. That's thirty-five grand a year. Um, vacancy. If you take a look at the last 45 years of actual history in Denver, the average vacancy rate is right at 5%. We're a little better than that right now. I like using the historical average to be a little bit pessimistic. So then you got to put in your expenses. So I put in tax, insurance. Uh, I put in uh, 8% for management. Um, even if you manage yourself, uh, you should put in 8% for management because you may change your mind next year or your spouse may change your mind for you. Um, <laughs> or you might just get sick of it. And, and a, a very tragic mistake is, is for someone to buy a property that just barely cash flows and they have to manage it. So they've got this part-time job they're not even getting paid for. Uh, so make sure you put that in. Um, if you do manage it and you don't mind, your time has value. If you are that passionate about property management, you do it for free. I've got rentals for you that you can manage for me. Uh, repairs and maintenance, I put in 5% because you said it was in pretty good shape. Uh, a lot of times I'll use eight and then I put in, uh, everything else just at a thousand bucks. So, uh, our operating expenses are 10 grand. Our rental income after, uh, the vacancy is 33. So our net operating income is that difference is 22,700. So if we had paid off this property, uh, that's the cash flow that we'd be enjoying if we didn't have any kind of a mortgage. So just to the right of that, I'm sorry, left of that is the cap rate. So the cap rate is just the net operating income divided by the purchase price. You can see it's a 3.8 cap. So for the investors who are watching or listening to this, if I told you I had a screaming deal for you, a rental house that had a 3.8% cap rate, you know, you can call me if you want me to go buy this for you. I don't think my phone's going to be ringing very much because uh, it's just, it's not a very exciting deal. So when this was 300 grand, and the rents were just a little bit less. This was probably like close to a six and a half or a seven, which great is, deal. is a great deal. Uh, but at a 3.8 cap rate, this is a non-starter. So when you see this answer, it means it's time to sell this property. If you don't, you've got $450,000 of equity that's just not generating very much in the way of returns, and that will kill your wealth creation over time. So if you have 10 of these, and all you want to do is pay them off, and now you're going to retire, that's perfectly okay. Everyone's got a different path they want to take. If you have two properties and you know you need to get to 10, this is not going to get you there. You're going to be moving in slow motion through the quicksand. It's going to take 10 years longer to get to your retirement than it should otherwise. And it's tragic that you'd work for a job you don't like for an extra 10 years. So that's today's cash flow. I assumed that this property would go up 4% in value each year over the next five years. If you want to change that, download the spreadsheet, change it to six, change it to 10, whatever you like. On an earlier podcast that we recorded, we talked about why we don't think real estate values are going to go down over the next five years, but we don't think they're going to go up very much as well. Uh, that other podcast goes through all the economic logic of that. So what you want to know is what's my internal rate of return? So uh, the IRR, the internal rate of return is just what's the average profit percentage that you earn each year and that compounds over time. And what we find here is that with $450,000 today locked up in this on a 3.8% cap rate, 
And if we get 4% appreciation, what return will I enjoy? And the answer is about 8.5% per year. Um, so it's not a very high number. And on a different podcast that we'll record today, we'll talk about, well, what are my options? I could keep this one as it is and let it ride. I could sell it and do a 1031 exchange into like a Delaware statutory trust. Uh, so I don't have to pay any taxes, but I get a low return. Or what happens if I just pay the capital gains tax and if I invest it in the stock and bond market? Or what if I put it in a passive fund like our Ironton Capital Fund 5? Uh, and what you find, sh- shockingly, that you're actually better off paying the taxes than you are to stay in this investment. Yeah, and that was, again, going back to podcast, that, that surprised me on here. And so as you're going through this with the investor, I remember actually sitting in one of your classes, you and Charles Roberts, I saw a similar example and just my mind just, you know, that exploded. The, the matrix happened. Yeah. I saw the matrix. What was the uh, the reaction and questions from this investor as you walked through these numbers and he saw about an 8.5% return? He was sort of in disbelief, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and his wife was as well, because it just, it just instinctively feels right that we've had this property, it's done well, we should just keep doing what we've been doing. And, and the goal should be to, to pay the thing off and not pay any taxes. And uh, it, it's just that the math does not support it. That's not the right answer mathematically. Yeah. And one thing I want to make sure, can you go back to that, the APOD, I think it was the APOD tab, yeah. the first one? Because um, you have, it shows about a negative $10,000 a year in cash flow, which is not what he's currently receiving, I believe. Right. But you put in today's valuation of $600,000. Right. Yeah. So what's going on here is I'm assuming that uh, this is an investor buying this today and, and putting 25% down. So you can see that our mortgage here is $450,000. So let's let's do this uh, same analysis for the current cash flow. So um, if instead of having a 450 loan, let's put it in a 25% loan to value. And he's got a much better rate. He's probably like at 4% or something like that. So his mortgage payment's like way, way less. So on this example, you're going to see that he's going to have probably like 1000 a month of cash flow. Just over yeah. thousand bucks a month. Eleven hundred dollars a month. So his cap rate doesn't change at all. The cap rate is unaffected by your financing or lack of financing. So he's still on this cap rate, but since he has only one hundred and fifty of debt versus four fifty of debt, he has positive cash flow of thousand a month. This is the number that they're seeing and why they think this is such a great deal. What's that do the IRR? Makes it worse, which is so counterintuitive. It drops it by about a point. Yeah. You see more cash flow, right? But leverage is a key, key factor to creating wealth in real estate. Right. So the first example that we started this with was the new investor who only put 150000 down, 450 of debt. So this is the current case where this guy is the exact opposite. He's got 450 of equity and only 150 of debt. And that debt's super cheap. It's like at only 4% interest rate. You can see that leverage, without leverage, as you said, like you're toast, you can't get any returns. Yeah. So what is, uh, can you share with what the investor's plans are with this property and what he plans on doing? Yeah. So, uh, so he's, this house is the one he lives in and he needs a bigger house because he's got a growing family. He owns the identical house next door that's been a rental for about five or six years. So they thought the plan was going to be, they're going to move out of this house, go buy the new one and then keep this one as a rental. And of course, keep the existing one as a rental. So now the new plan is we're going to sell both of these houses uh, we're going to use some of the proceeds as the down payment for the new house, and everything else is going to go into the passive investment fund. And that's actually the example you're going to see on the podcast that we just recorded is that uh, instead of creating like $1.6 million of wealth, I don't remember the number, he's going to create like $4 million worth of wealth. It's a gigantic, like it's a $2 million change. Yeah. 
So I know for the viewers out there and listeners, we went through a lot of data and numbers here, but the key points are always evaluate your property at today's value, today's yes. market, today's interest rate, today's rents, today's everything. Yep. And then I like what you're saying is when you renew the lease, you're effectively repurchasing, repurchasing the house from yourself as well because you want to keep it as a rental every year. Yep. So look at those numbers and also make sure you understand the different options, the different doors you can go through Yep. and do look at what it ta- what it looks like to actually pay capital gains. Now, this instance, hopefully since his primary residence, hopefully gets a good chunk of this capital gains There'll free. be no capital gains at all in his case. Yeah, which is an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah. So keep that in mind. But of course, always talk to your CPA right. to, to double Pro check advice. all that because we're not CPAs. And then make sure you understand what these numbers are and what the real annual return you're getting. Because if I have to deal with tenants and liabilities, I'm making less than the stock market. Right. Why would I do it? I'm not too thrilled. No. So there's an easier way. Yeah. Um, either buy a new rental leverage, go invest in iron and capital. Like there's a lot of ways you can go out there and maximize. Let's do a little return. bit of both and get some diversification. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been shooting in my portfolio too. So Lon, if people want to uh, download spray treat or talk to you, they can reach out to you, yeah. reach out to me. Like we love doing this. This is actually like my favorite things to do in real estate. Yeah. I actually love seeing people's reaction. actually walk them through this concept because I still vividly remember my reaction right. to it. And I was like, wow, it's just, it blows the mind. It changed, everything you assume about it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, but if you can figure it out, you can create a lot more wealth with very little work. Oh. It'll be the easiest money you ever make. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions out there, reach out to me, reach out to them. We're happy to share these resources. We have tons of spreadsheets, tons of podcasts, tons of examples. Most importantly, we want to give you the right information, understand your goals, match them up, and help you come up with a strategy that's right for you and your family. That's it. So Lon, anything else uh, to, uh, to throw in here before we wrap up? That's really it. I, I've literally done this several thousand times. I can do this for you on a Zoom call in 10 to 15 minutes. So don't feel bashful about asking. I'm happy to help. Fantastic. Lon, as always, thank you. I always thank appreciate you. your time and knowledge. Thank you. And listeners out there, uh, download the spreadsheets, reach out to me, reach out to Lon. We'll get you all the resources and run a scenario so you can figure out what's right for your property or your portfolio. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Thank you.